The Isle of Og, written and narrated by Michael Tibbetts. jumped on hearing the voice behind him. Oi, you, turn that stinking light off. Turn it off. It's too bright. Looking around, Ermo could not see anyone. But the voice came again, louder this time. Yes, you, you, you on the rock. Didn't you hear what I said? Turn that stinking light off. Shining his tail in the direction of the sound, hidden in the brambles, was a strange, ugly-looking creature that grimaced and squinted as it shielded its face from Ermo's light. Lean and twitching, no bigger than himself, it had large, heavily angled eyes. Like a conker's shell, its body was covered in short, prickly spines. These moved and swayed with the creature's ever-changing emotions. Its wide mouth held rows of small, pointed teeth. Above its elf-like ears, it had two short, barley-twisted horns. All of its spiky features were glossy and black, giving the creature a shiny, patterned leather-like quality. The only exception to this were its eyes. It had tiny, black, pinprick pupils, which were surrounded by a large sclera that changed colour. Under a bright light, They were a milky white, with the creature almost blind. But as surrounding light levels dropped, they darkened through various shades of red, until, in the gloom, they too were shiny and black. Whoa, what are you? asked a startled Ermo. Its spines bristled like a frightened hedgehog. Shielding its pale eyes, the imp cried out, The light is smelly light. It hurts. Ah, It hurts. I can't see. Get it out of my face. Seeing his light was the cause of the creature's pain, Ermo quickly hid his tail behind him. Sorry. Puka, who'd retreated into the darkness, his eyes beginning to redden, squinted resentfully at Ermo's bright silhouette. I'm Puka, and you're trespassing, Sparklass. Puka's nostrils opened like blowholes as he sniffed the air. Contaminating and polluting the darkness with your stench? You're not wanted here, fetid fire sprite. This is my gloom you're invading. So what are you doing here, eh? Eh? Well, said Ermo, but the imp, not allowing him to speak, interrupted. Nothing, I'll bet. So turn that stinking light off, dumb bum bum. Ermo had heard that imps lived here, but had never actually seen one before, for they were solitary animals, notorious for their spite and stealth. Being photophobic, they hunted only in the darkest parts of the forest. Imps were carnivores, with a voracious appetite for slugs, spiders and beetles, but their taste didn't stop there. Given the opportunity, an imp would eat almost anything. Anything alive, that is, having a particular appetite for wriggling meat. 
Puka had one rule when it came to food. Eat fresh. Killing and consuming anything that didn't pose a risk or a threat to himself. However, due to their sensitivity to light, fire sprites were off the menu. For if an imp were to come in contact with a fire sprite's glow, their skin would bubble and swell as if stung by hogweed. Irritable and upset, Ermo decided he'd had about as much of this night as he could possibly take. To him it seemed that wherever he went, whatever he did, his light caused him nothing but trouble. So with a resigned tone, he said plainly, Look, I'm sorry, I really am, but I can't turn it down. I can only switch it off. Well then, turn it off, you idiot. Stupid-ass sparkler. Puka watched the fire sprite with wicked intent, half hoping he'd do just that. But if I turn it off, I'll be blind, complained Ermo. Scolding him, the imp replied, Well, you should have thought of that before you came here. I don't go about destroying your light, do I? Forcing my darkness upon you. Oh, no. Oh, no. But you expect poor Puka to run off when it's you who comes here with your stinking emanations. Fire sprites are evil creatures. Evil. A lot of you. (laughs) Little bum burners. I'm sorry. I didn't know. But Ermo's protestations were quickly interrupted as the imp continued. But are you really a fire sprite? Or perhaps you're something trickier. Puka's bristling spines moved in waves as he sniffed the air, experiencing Ermo's light in a synesthesia of smell. Your appearance is familiar, but the sickly smell of your light is not. Could it be you're something else, something nastier in disguise, purposely sent to make the flowers glow? Yes, yes, you know the ones, those with fetter and sting. The flowers your tail tickles and teases from afar. So don't think to deny it, as I know it's you, you who does that, I know it. Yes, yes, that's it, that's it. You've deliberately come here to torment poor Puka, haven't you? Oh, yes, you think you're clever, so clever. Yes, yes, let's laugh at old poor Puka, stung and blinded by the vile, stinking light. I hate the lot of you, stinging stinkhorns. The imp spat out a black and gloopy phlegm that landed at Ermo's feet. No, no, you've got it wrong, protested Ermo, earnestly wanting to explain. I'm a fire sprite, it's true, but I came here because of my light, not to deliberately hurt you or anyone. Please, you must understand, I wish you no harm. I hate my light too, but it's just something that can't be changed. Having back further away, the imp's congealed blood-red eyes looked intrigued by the fire sprite's words. For a moment, he paused, as if reconsidering then slyly inquired. So, it burns you as well, does it? Dip your tail in the pool, then. That'll shade your light, for Puka needs to see actions, actions to prove those words of yours are not just cheap lies, lies, tails and shriveled old dead snails. Puka watched on, 
as the fire sprite, in a determined show of goodwill, dipped his glowing tail into the nearby black pool. Once submerged, Ermo's light dimmed, and the area surrounding his tail glowed like crazed magma. Pulling it out, the thick black tar dripped from it. Like a dipped toffee apple, a dark crust formed over its surface. His tail's once white aurora now glowed a dim red. Seeing this, Puka laughed with glee, his eyes turning a shiny black. There, happy now, said Ermo in a strained voice. Examining it carefully, he said, it won't last, you know. Feels like a bandage tied too tightly. I can see it's it's already beginning to crack. In the dim, dark room light, with the reciprocal glow of the surrounding fireflowers extinguished, the imp saw his chance. As a tiger stalks his prey, Puka crept forward, his spine swaying like iron filings over a moving magnet. Unaware of the encroaching danger, Ermo continued to talk. My light is something I've always wanted to change. No one seems to know why it's so bright. All they say is it's different and that I've just got to put up with it. But you're lucky. You don't have to. For you, it's simple. If you don't like it, then all you need to do is leave. Look, I've done what you've asked, so go. Leave me now. Leave me to be on my own. To which Ermo recklessly turned his back on the imp. This was all the encouragement Puka needed. Seizing the opportunity, he flattened his spines and pounced. But as Ermo turned, his tail whipped round. In the same way, an eyelid protects the eye. It flicked off its black coating as it flew towards the imp. Desperate to avoid Ermo's tail, Puka's hand passed directly through its now white aurora. Suppressing a squeal, his hand instantly bubbled and blistered as if it had been dipped in hot fat. Ermo, who remained oblivious to Puka's silent attack, heard only the rustle of leaves as the imp slinked away, nursing his stinging hand. Half-blinded, Puka scrabbled and searched beneath the leaf litter. Finding a large scarab beetle, he bit off its head. Popping its shell like bubble wrap, he proceeded to squeeze out its slime and guts, spreading the warm yellow pus-coloured juices over his painful blisters. Hissing from the pain, the now red-eyed imp glared angrily towards the fire sprite. Ah, yes, so that's it, isn't it? I see why you're here. They don't care much for your light either. (laughs) Yes, that's it. Yes, yes, you've been thrown out of your village by your own fire sprites for a light that's too bright. (laughs) A light that's too smelly. Well, 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 fancy that. Your bright stench hurts them as well, does it? (laughs) And who can blame them? Who would want to be near such an awful light as yours, eh? Um, stinking bog light. Ermo, still in a mood, wasn't really listening, so didn't bother responding to any of Buka's insults. The imp bit the head off a slug, and squeezing it, mixed its guts in with the slime already on his hand. 
Once he'd successfully anaesthetised the pain, Puka changed his tone and said slyly, Perhaps I can help you. With your light, I mean. But only if you want me to. The offer caught Ermo's attention. Quietly, without acknowledgement, he listened. Tell me, my smelly little firebum, who said that your light can't be changed anyway? Dumb bumbug. I thought you'd already left, replied Ermo. And I said, who told you that your light can't be changed? inquired Puka. Everyone, snapped Ermo glibly. Everyone? Everyone? Everyone who? It can't be everyone because I never said it. Dug brains. Well, everyone in my village, then, replied Ermo, irritated. Oh, everyone in your village, you say. Bunch of fetid fairy lights. To which the imp laughed loud and raucously before chattering his teeth. <laughs> well, that's no good, is it? Huh? They must be all as dim-witted as your bright-tailed. It's obvious to me that you've not been asking the right people the right questions. What do you mean? asked Ermo, bemused. Well, if you want my advice, then I would say you need to seek answers from someone else. Someone with a different perspective. One who knows a lot more about light than a bumpkin village full of dim-witted fire sprites. Senile spark asses. <laughs> No, you need to ask someone far wiser. Oh, yeah? Like you, I suppose. You could do worse, as I know more about the hazards of light than you'll ever do, snapped the imp angrily. Then, with a quick change of mood, he added, But no, no, you're right, not me. I do know a few, though, who understand light. And I'm sure, given the opportunity, they'd be more than happy to help change that hideous flame of yours. Might cost you, though, more than you have, or more than you're willing to give. Animatrack, animatrack, dumb luminous buck. So, who then? Who is it? Who do you know I can ask? inquired Ermo, now intrigued. Well, there's always Solly. He's wise, pompous, but wise, and he'd know exactly what to do, or at least those best able to help you. Puka watched the fire sprite closely, before saying, Yes, yes, go and see Solly, an owl with many connections. I'm sure that if he sees something in you, something he needs or likes, he'll be your friend. A friend in need is one to do your evil deed. Solly is an emissary of knowledge and knows about most things, as he always tells everyone, pompous Strigiform. The imp laughed loudly as he moved to leave. While Ermo hadn't understood all Puka had said, he'd managed to ignite his curiosity. Take my advice, Ermo. Go and see Solly. He'll fix it. Now I must leave you, as your tail is burning holes in the backs of my eyes. And I really can't stand any more of your overpowering, iridescent smell. Fetid fire-ass cracker. <laughs> With that, Puka was gone, leaving behind him the fading sounds of insults and manic laughter. Too bright. Far too bright. <laughs> too stupid. Far too stupid. <laughs> Ermo's encounter with the imp 
gave him a new hope. He called out after him, Hey, Puka, Puka, tell me, Solly, where can I find him? Where does Solly live? The imp's spines rippled and pulsed at each of Ermo's distant calls, but he didn't stop. Manically, he jumped the pools and scurried under the rotting leaves, as if trying to outrun the irritation in his swollen hand. But in truth, Puka enjoyed the ache. For when he rubbed it, it created a painful ecstasy. An almost delicious, addictive feeling of hurt. That morning, when Ermo returned home, he felt happier, happier than he had in a long while. Over the coming weeks, Ermo's mood continued to improve, so that now, whenever he was teased, he didn't get angry or upset, able to reassure himself that his life would not always be this way, that one day soon, when he could fly, he'd leave to seek help from Solly. Solly, a wise and old owl, much admired and loved by everyone. Ermo quickly found out from others that Solly had an office situated at the island's centre, high up in a cypress tree stationed between two tall cedars. One evening, as the sun was setting, Ermo woke from his daytime slumber to feel a dull ache, a tingling pins and needles sensation like that when blood returns to an arm or a leg that's been slept on. But this was stranger still, as this was in a limb he'd never felt before. Quickly, switching on his tail, Ermo rushed to the hallway mirror. Looking at his back, he could see his light was complete, and his wings had now begun to unfurl. Excited, Ermo hurried out, proclaiming to everyone, Look! Look, my light, it's ready. Tonight is the night I fly. But what Ermo really thought was, tonight is the night I visit Solly. (laughs) 